Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Hope you're having an amazing start to your 2023. Um, I just want to appreciate or send appreciation. I appreciate y'all so much for listening to the show. I just got a notification right before I started to record that uh, right now the Overnight Trainer podcast is number 136 on Apple Podcasts in the category of careers, which has like hundreds of thousands of podcasts. So thank you all so much for listening and for hanging out with me. Um, I love being here every week and I love hanging out with you all. And I just appreciate you all so much for listening. If it's your first time listening, welcome. If you are an OG, welcome back. We are about to be at 100 episodes soon, which is wild. And yeah, I just appreciate you all so much. And uh, speaking of hanging out, there are going to be two opportunities for us to hang out in real life uh, coming up pretty soon. So next month in February, the 22nd and 23rd, I'm going to be a speaker at the Tan- Talent Development Think Tank Conference in Sonoma, California. Uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm having the host of the conference, Andy Storch, will actually be on this podcast uh, next week. So you all will hear from him, hear from him next week. Uh, there are still early bird tickets available at an early bird price until the 13th of January. I'll put the link to register for that conference in the show notes so y'all can check that out. And then I'll also be speaking in May at the ATD uh, ICE conference, May 21st through 24th. That's going to be in San Diego. Uh, So be in California twice, which I love. Love my California peeps. Uh, So would love to see you all there. would love to meet you all. would love to hug you all. If you're a hugger, I'm a hugger. Uh, But I would love to see you all there and get to spend some time. I will definitely be doing, uh, in San Diego, be doing some overnight trainer events, uh, some opportunity for for us as a community to get together too. So keep an eye out for that. Um, But yeah, let's dive into today's episode. It is all around creating your L&D career blueprint. I'm going to go into it pretty high level today, um, give you all the rundown of what your blueprint needs to have and be encompassing of for you to really land your dream L&D role this this year. Um, And again, that could be in 30 days, that could be in six months, that can be in 12 months, right? Depending on what your specific timeline is, no matter what, all of these pieces of the blueprint need to come together. They need to be as part of your strategy. And, you know, I think a lot of times we get caught up with hearing from so many other people about their process and their strategy and what worked for them. And I I was just talking about this with my clients and I, I did a post on this on LinkedIn recently around just remembering that when you're getting advice from people, when you're talking to people, when you're having conversations with them about their journey, remember that it's about their journey and that 
we are all such unique individuals. They're unique. They have their own strengths, their own skills, their own weaknesses, their own interests, their own lived experiences, which are different than yours, right? No one has lived the same experiences in the same way. It doesn't matter even if you experience the same thing, right? Everything else that led up to that point, we all have different mindsets and different ways of processing and different ways of experiencing things. So just because one person's strategy worked for them does not mean that it will work for you. And what I'm seeing happening, especially now in the new year, is a lot of people are coming out of the woodworks and talking about this is what worked for me and this worked for me and this worked for me. And it can be really confusing. And I'm hearing from my clients, hearing from people in the overnight trainer community, just around how much noise there is out there around what really is the next step and the right steps to take to find and land that dream L&D career. So what I'm working on, and it's going to be a masterclass that's happening on the 17th. It's called Blueprint. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to actually put together your entire blueprint. So we have one hour together uh, and we're going to put this together. There'll be time for Q&A as well. So we're going to what I'm talking about today, we're actually going to go through in that masterclass. It's $111. You're going to get a copy of the actual blueprint that I have. Um, the only class, the only, the only way to get it is to be um, either in Fast Track or to join Blueprint. Uh, it's a four, at least four pages right now. It might move up to a little bit longer, but uh, really it's going to be your entire strategy that you need to find, land, and love your dream L&D role in 2023. Now, this isn't just because I know one person who transitioned or got a new role or was successful in finding their, their L&D role. This is based off of two years of research from my own clients. I've helped 200 plus people find and land their dream roles. And when I look back at what has made them all successful, it's the encompass, the encompassment. I don't even know if that's a word, but it's the, the all encompassing strategy that I'm teaching in Blueprint and that we're going to talk about today. So if you are interested in taking what we talk about today on, on this episode and actually putting it into action, getting a copy of my Blueprint, please, please come join us inside of Blueprint. Um, it's going to be on January 17th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be one hour long, so I'm keeping it to an hour. So we're going to be short and sweet, and the replay will be available too. So if you can't uh, attend live, don't worry. The replay will be available, and you'll, you'll have an opportunity to uh, fill out your Blueprint on your own. Okay, so let's talk about the blueprint in general. I look at when it comes to finding your dream career, uh, L&D or not, but from L&D perspective, there's really four four overarching categories. There's four pieces of the blueprint. The first part is finding your niche. Duh, y'all know me. You know, it's going to be the first part. Um, and it really is being able to, to know your niche, know it well, and be able to articulate it. The second part is your skill development. So notice I'm not calling this upskilling because sometimes you don't even have to upskill. Uh, and that's a whole, whole other topic for a whole other day that we'll talk about pretty soon. Um, but uh, the second part is skill development. So looking at the skills that you have, the interests that you have, where they align, where are their gaps, what do you need to develop in? The third part is marketing, right? All around how you market yourself. What does that look like as far as putting together resume, cover letter, etc. Those marketing documents, those outward facing uh, tools that I like to call them. And then the fourth part, the final part is sales, right? Selling yourself, interview prep, really understanding, you know, from a, a, a value perspective, the value you bring to the table and being able to sell that, sell that in, in networking conversations, sell that when it comes to interviews, sell that when it comes to creating a personal brand, right? So that sales piece. So we have niche, skill development, marketing, and sales. 
So today I'm going to go into high level into each one of those categories and really talk about what's in what what that blueprint should look like in there. Again, if you want to go deeper, you want to really focus in on your own blueprint, come and join us inside of the masterclass called Blueprint uh, next week. All right. So first and foremost, when we start with your blueprint, the first section, which is all around finding your L&D niche, we start off with your why, right? Your why is the the core, the why is why you wake up every day. Why are you choosing learning and development? If you're transitioning in for the first time, why are you choosing this as a career path? And if you're already in learning and development and looking for that next step, why, why L&D, right? Because the reality is whether you're transitioning in or you've been in L&D for a while or somewhere in between, your skills are transferable. So now is a pivotal point for you to decide is it L&D or is it somewhere else or something else, right? Do my skills, do my skills transfer? And the answer is yes, but where else do my skills transfer to that I might want to explore? And when you kind of come back and you say, you know what, it definitely is learning and development. I want you to ask yourself why. And remember, there's a difference. I talked about this. There's a whole episode on finding your why. So I encourage you to go back to and listen to that for for a a deeper, more in-depth look at how to find your why and articulate it. But there's a big difference between your your why and your reasons, right? Reasons for choosing L&D could be, I, you know, want more flexibility. I want to work remote. I, you know, want to make more money, right? I want to get out of where I am right now. I, I have a degree in this, so I should be doing it, right? Those are all reasons and reasons can be, reasons are fine, right? It's good for us to have reasons, but your reasons aren't what keep you going when things feel really hard. In fact, when things feel really hard, it's usually our reasons that start to bring up fear in us, right? So when things feel hard or maybe you didn't get land that role or you didn't hear back from that job that you thought was you were super in alignment with, right? We start our our reasons start to become fears. Like, oh, well, I'll I'll never get a job that's remote. I'll never get a job that makes that much money. And our fears, right, and our reasons, we start to we start to reason with our reasons. Okay, well, maybe maybe then I maybe I'll work in two days a week, or I guess I would take less money, right? And so our reasons can actually turn against us. Whereas our why, right, our why is that north star. Our why is like the answer antidote when our reasons turn into that dark shadow side, right? Our why says, no, I'm not going to compromise because this is why it's important to me, right? For me, when I think about my why in my business, right, my why is to help purpose-driven people, just like y'all, you know, find, land, create, grow, love the L&D career of your dreams so that way you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. So on the days when things feel really hard for me, I run a business, things feel hard often, right? When things feel really hard for me and my reasons for running a business, starting a business, freedom, flexibility, money, right? All of those start to turn into shadow, like, oh, I didn't do well this month, or, oh, I have to, you know, I have to get back to this person, or, oh, I have to do this, right? And my reasons start to uh, creep up and turn to that shadow side. I get to remind myself, which I do with the post-it on my desk, what my why is, and it snaps me out of that. So your why is a really incredible part of your blueprint because as you go through the rest of your blueprint, you are going to be faced with questions and decisions and uh, that imposter syndrome, imposter moments, as my friend Lisa calls them, right, might come up. Um, the feeling of value, right, the, the 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 devil on the shoulder might come up and say, nope, you're that you don't you don't know that you can't do that. What are you talking about? I always want you to go to your why. So the why is the is the top of your blueprint. It's there to remind you why it is 
is you're doing this in the first place. Then we move into once we take your why, we figure out, okay, what is the physical manifestation of your why look like in terms of a job, in terms of your career, right? If someone's, you know, walking past you on the street and you say, and they say, hey, heard you're looking for a new role. You know, what is it that you do, right? You're not going to dive into, well, my why is blah, 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 right? You got a, a, a quick moment to tell them what you do. So you want to look at what the physical manifestation of your why is, which is your L&D niche, right? The core, the why is the core, the why, the why is the core, your L&D niche is your North Star, right? So you have a core and you have a North Star. So between those two, you always, always, always know what direction you're going in. So when we look at your, your L&D niche, and again, inside a blueprint, we're going to go into this deeper. And of course, if you want to go even deeper, I have a whole course on finding your niche. And if you want to go to the deepest depths with me, uh, we talk about this a lot inside of Fast Track. But at a very high level, and we'll go through this again in blueprint, at a very high level, your niche statement is made up of your what, your how, and your who, right? What you do, right? What impact you want to have, what do you want to be known for in your next role, how you do it, right? The skills that you're going to bring to the table to make that happen, what you're known for that you love doing, that you want to keep doing, and then who, right? Who do you want to be doing it for? What values will your next company share? Or maybe it's your current company and you want to grow in it, right? What, what values? So when we look at that, we're able to put together your niche and your niche statement really is your, like I said, it's kind of, it's almost that elevator pitch, but not quite, right? It's that quick, really quick blurb that you're able to tell people. It gives the picture of who it is you are and what it is you want to do, right? So when we look at con- constructing a niche statement, it's I, right? So start with the I and then it's what, going back to that what part, right? What you do, right? What's your impact? Then we move into by, so I insert impact, what, right? By how you do it, and at the end for who, right? So I develop engaging learning programs by, I'm making this up now, (laughs) Uh, by creating a culture of learning and high level instructional design for, curiosity-driven companies. Totally just made that up out of the literally thin air. Probably should have prepped for this, right? Um, but And I've talked about this a lot too. You can go back and listen to some previous podcasts where I dive into, into your niche statement. But really thinking about what it is you do, how you do it, and who you do it for. When you know those things, again, those now become your North Star, right? That niche statement is your North Star. So every time you are looking at a role, you can compare it to your niche statement and say, is this in alignment? And if it is, amazing, right? It's hitting the right role, right company uh, category there. If not, right, maybe the what is there, but the who isn't, or the who's there, but the what's not, right, then you're able to say, okay, this isn't the right role for me, or this isn't the right company for me. And that really helps you figure out, okay, what what roles am I interested in, and for who do I want to do it for? So that's the first part of your blueprint. And once you do that, once you figure out your niche, you can really start to identify what those keywords are that you want to see out, out of your next role as far as job descriptions go, Right. So I like to call this, I like to call this kind of your gr- green flags list. And I use this in lots of different ways. But when it comes to your niche, I, 
I want you to write down and get clear on, you know, what are what are those keywords that I'm looking for to see in my in my next role? Am I looking for, you know, designing learning programs? Am I looking for culture of learning? Am I looking for uh, you know, instructional design? Am I looking for facilitation? Am I looking for virtual facilitation, right? What are all those words, the kind of the physical manifestation going back to that, those hows, right? What are those words and those skills and those keywords that are in alignment with my niche? And those are important because we then move into the second part of your blueprint, which is all around your skill development. And here's what I want to preface this before I even go into, into the rest of it is that, yes, first and foremost, you want to have your niche done. It's going to save you so much time, so much energy. Trust me, every time I have a new client, they're like, holy macaroni, I've wasted so much time spinning my wheels to get to this point. And I'm like, it's okay, right? You're, you're here now. Um, but finding your niche saves you so much time. It saves you so much time on the on the back end when it comes to all the next pieces that come up. Now, what I will say is the other three parts of the blueprint, these don't necessarily have to be done in this order. Now, putting putting them putting them together in this order is helpful. However, actually implementing the blueprint doesn't have to happen in this order. So kind of thinking about it in terms of an actual house, right? If you're getting a blueprint for a house, well, maybe they started drawing it with the bedroom, but they're actually, when construction starts, they're starting on the living room, right? So I want you to think about that same way when it comes to your blueprint here, that you don't, while you're filling the blueprint out in a specific order, when you go to implement it, which we're going to talk about in blueprint, I'm going to show you some different strategies for implementing your blueprint, making it come to life, building your building your damn house, Um uh, it can be implemented in, in all different orders. But first and foremost, you do always want to find your niche. So I always start there. All right. So let's move into the self-development, the skill development part of your blueprint. So there's two categories that I want you all to focus on when it comes to creating your own development plan. One are is, is making a list of the skills that you have that you want to utilize in your next role. So making a full list of skills that you have, you already have, that you want to utilize in your next role. And I really want to highlight the want piece, right, that you actually want. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you need to be doing it in your next job. And a lot of times, especially for my high achievers, hello, welcome to the club. Um, especially for my high achievers, we've been doing things for a really long time just because we're good at them, but we don't actually enjoy them. So do they bring you energy? Do they bring you joy? Would you want to actually be doing this in your next role? I want you to ask yourself that. Have a list of that. Then I want you to create a list of interests that you have that you want to utilize in your next role, but you may not have the skills to do it yet. Okay, so being really, maybe for you, it's neuroscience of learning. Maybe it's e-learning design. Maybe it is diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? It could be anything, right? But I really want you to think about the interests that you have. What are you really interested in doing in your next role? But you don't quite have the skills or don't think necessarily you have the skills um, to do that yet or do that in your next role. So now you have these two categories. And now what I want you to do, oops, hitting hitting stuff with my keyboard. Get Y'all, I get so excited when I record these. I was this is like a side tangent, so sorry. Love you all. Uh, but <laughs> I get so excited when I record these. This also happens when I facilitate my live Q&A every month for my fast trackers. I get so excited that my aura ring, I have an aura ring for tracking um, 
like my movements and health and all that stuff. Um, my aura ring always thinks I'm working out whenever I record a podcast. That's like how excited I get and how much I'm like wildly moving around <laughs> at my desk. So if you hear anything clanking around, that's that's me me getting excited. All right, so you have your two lists. You have the skills that you have and that you want to utilize in your next role. And then you have the interests that you have that you want to pursue in your next role, but not quite sure if you have the skills to do it yet. Now, what you do is once you have this list and you go through it, and again, I want you to double check it through the lens of, wait a minute, do I actually want to do this or was I told to do this? Or do I actually want to do this or is it just something I've been good at doing for a long time? So once you go through that list, probably comb it twice, three times, then this is where the networking piece really comes in. And you want to plan for this. And this is not networking in terms of like, hey, hire me, give me a job. This is networking in terms of research. So I look at networking in, in two, well, lots of different ways, but two main ways. One is research where you're just, you're, you're actually researching to really understand and be able to form a better idea of what it is that you want to do. And then there's networking in terms of how, of your own growth, right? Your own development, your own career aspirations, um, and, and forming those relationships from a different perspective. Both are both you need. And we'll talk about that once we get to the marketing side and the sales side of things too. So here's where you want to have your researcher marketing, your researcher um, networking hat on and start to talk to people who are doing the jobs, the roles, the the skills, utilizing the skills that you want to utilize in your next role. Um, I teach this in fast track around how to find, like how to find those people, but typically like a, a a LinkedIn search for some keywords, a LinkedIn search for specific titles, right? Those will bring up uh, people. If you search for the people category on LinkedIn, uh, you can get a pretty good idea of, again, reading someone's about section or reading what they're doing as part of their job uh, and start to connect with people and have those conversations. Uh, and, and really start to understand what it looks like for someone who's already in that role, who's utilizing those skills. Because here's the thing, and this is what I tend to, we tend to find out in having these conversations. And uh, my, so many of my fast trackers are actually going through this right now, where they're having these more research-based conversations and networking conversations. And they're coming out of it saying like, holy shit, like I already I already know that skill. I already have that skill. I just didn't know it was called that or I didn't know it was utilized that way or that I could utilize it that way. But now that I know it, now that I know it, someone utilizes it like that, oh, I can absolutely do that. Um, So having those conversations, researching, putting that research hat on, what you're able to then do is kind of make a new list. And I like to call it actually, it's three lists. You're gonna take that full list that you are, the two lists that you already have and once you've had those conversations, really looking at prioritizing what you now develop your skill set in. Because what happens is a lot of times too, people will hear, oh, need this skill, need that skill, need this skill. I just did a whole post on l and skill FOMO, right? Around every time you hear a new skill, you think you need to develop it. Well, what happens is when we actually pause for a little bit and we look at the skills we have, the interests that we have, and we're able to then have conversations with people around how they utilize, like what skills they utilize and how they utilize it. Oftentimes, that mystery skill or that skill you had FOMO about, you actually already have. You just maybe called it something different or utilize it in a different way. So once you do your research on all of your skills, 
you're then able to prioritize what it is you need to further develop. And I call it your priority one, your priority two, and your priority three list. So priority three is the last priority, right? So it's the, the least the least important. In your priority three list, that's all the skills that you already have, that you are very confident in, the skills that you know, are one for one in your ne- the next role that you're looking for, um, skills that, yes, of course, we always have room to improve and grow, um, things that you're interested in that you just you feel really strong about. All of those go in priority three. Our priority three really is, hey, once I have additional time, I want to you know, research more about this. I want to become more of an expert in it. I want to you know, grow deeper in it. But it's not the priority at the moment. Then we move into priority two. And priority two, when we go to that interest list, right, that interests uh, that you have, but you're not quite sure if you have the skills to do it. Priority two is probably a lot of those skills that are coming up for you that you're like, oh, okay, I, I now have a better understanding of that skill. I definitely have some areas of opportunity in it, um, but I understand it, right? I understand it at its core. Uh, if under pressure, I, I could do it, but there's probably an opportunity for me to brush up on it, to learn a little bit more, to maybe expand uh, to a certain level when it comes to my next role. So that's priority two. And then priority one is going to be the skills, the interests that you are that are brand new to you that are you're like, nope, I really had no idea about the way to utilize this or how to utilize it or what this even was. And I'm seeing over and over again in the next role that I want that this is a skill that is is needed. And again, it's important to to take advice from people who have mastered this, right? People who have been in this role, people who have um, hired for this type of role, right? Getting your information from them versus someone who is also in the same same boat as you right now, right? So remember, be specific and intentional about who you take advice from. So priority one are all the things that you're going to focus your development on sooner than the other ones, right? So you're going to look at that and say, okay, what's in my priority one list here? This is what I'm going to prioritize. And then once I feel like I've gotten a grasp of my priority one, great, then you move into priority two. And then once you get a grasp from priority two, you can then move into priority three. Now, again, what I want to say is you don't have to have these done, right, before you start to move on to marketing and selling yourself. So that's where people get really, really, really caught up. Is that like, oh, got to upskill, got to self-develop, got to overskill, right? And that's what happens. You end up overskilling and you waste very, very valuable time that you could be applying for roles. And this actually came up inside of Fast Track this morning because I had a client who asked, um, they're, they haven't quite, they're not at the sales part yet. They're at the marketing piece, which is totally fine. And they were asking if they should wait to apply until they're, uh, you know, until their their interview stories, we'll talk about that in a minute, until, you know, their sales process is, is really nailed down. And I talked about how in doing that, she could miss out on so many opportunities because she was waiting for, you know, the next step in the process to be perfect. And so I really, really encourage you all that once you get to a piece where you actually just at least have your self-development plan done, right, your skill development plan done, right, that that in and of itself is an accomplishment. So don't let, don't let this list be the thing that holds you back from applying to roles because you can absolutely develop yourself while you're actively applying for roles, while you're marketing yourself, while you're selling yourself. So keep that in mind. Okay, so after the skill development piece, we then move into the marketing plan. And marketing plan has three 
must-haves and one bonus. <laughs> so when I look at the three must-haves of your marketing plan, we have a resume, of course, cover letter, your LinkedIn. So those three are must-haves, right? And those, those are your outwardly facing marketing documents. And I really want you to think of them as that way. You know, they are not all encompassing of everything you've ever done. They are not telling the entire story of your past. All three of those documents, they are really showcasing what it is that you want to do in the future and what it is you want to do next through the lens of what you've done in the past. So yes, we are focusing on things that you have done, but it's in direct alignment and correlation with what it is that you want to do. Your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn is not a, a catch-all for everything that you've ever done. It's really, really important to be intentional, right? It's really, really, really important to be intentional. Now, inside of Blueprint, Blueprint we're going to go high level into each of those areas and kind of what you need to focus on for each one and what the purpose is of each one of those. But at a, again, at a high level here, your resume is that deep dive, right? It's that, it's that window into your experience that aligns with what it is that they're looking for in your next role. Your resume is not something that you should be updating every single time you apply for a role. If you're new to my world, that might have just blown your brains out. Okay. So your resume is not something that you should change for every single role that you apply to. If you're having to change it for every role you apply to, most likely you're not applying to roles that are in alignment with your niche. So we're creating a niche aligned resume that you don't have to update every single time you apply for your a role. This is, this is a snapshot of you. I want you to think about it of like, a portrait, a picture, right? It's like a, it's a snapshot of, of who you are now and who it is you want to be. It's not a, it's not a live document <laughs> that, you know, is, is constantly updated. You know, once you get to a point where you're able to take that snapshot and send it um, and put it out there into the world. So um, same thing with your cover letter. Your cover letter, again, is really talking about what it is you bring to the table. It is that's where you can get a little bit more on the tailored side, although I do teach inside of Fast Track how to uh, create a template for yourself for cover letters. Um, but really, it's an opportunity for you to expand on who you are and what you bring to the table and the value that you add. Your LinkedIn profile. So this, I'm talking strictly about your profile, not about posting or commenting or anything like that. We'll talk about that in the sales page, sales phase. But when it comes to your LinkedIn, that is essentially your kind of your business card, right? Your calling card. You want to make sure it's optimized so people can find you, right? If someone's looking for you, you want to make sure that they can find you. And so again, it all goes back, same thing with your resume, to being aligned with your niche. So the last part, the, the bonus here and the, the optional one is a portfolio, and inside of Blueprint, we'll talk about which roles uh, are more aligned with portfolios than others. But if you are looking for a role that's primarily doing design and development of learning, then most likely you're going to need a portfolio. If you are looking for roles that are strategy-based, facilitation-based, administration-based, um, management-based, program management-based, project management-based, uh, all of those roles will not require a portfolio. So just keep that in mind, and, and we'll go through that a little bit more in depth inside of the masterclass. But a portfolio, for those of you who are looking to primarily do learning design and development uh, and create specific learning design uh, assets, you most likely will need a portfolio. So again, that's that more outward facing. All of these are outward facing. So you wanna think about it in terms of really creating 
creating that that brand for yourself, right? And, and that brand is your niche. So every single thing that you do, resume, cover letter, LinkedIn, even portfolio, if you need one, making sure that it aligns back with your niche. And again, we'll talk more about that inside of Blueprint. We go into the depths of it inside of Fast Track. Uh, so if you're interested in either one of those, just uh, check out the show notes. I have the information there for you. Okay, so moving on to the last part, which is your sales plan. So again, and I say last part is in last part of the plan, but not last part of the implementation. So when we look at your sales plan, there's two big parts to it. Um, and one is is non-negotiable and one is negotiable. <laughs> uh, so the first part, the non-negotiable is the interview prep, right? Preparing for your interviews. And I'm gonna be doing a whole masterclass on this or a course or something, I don't know, something on it soon because this is really where a lot of people are getting tripped up is in this interview process and the over-preparing. Over-skilling and over-preparing are the two things that I see that hurt people the most that they think is helping them the most. And it's, what happens is I see people over prepare for interviews, try to plan for every question that they might be asked, study every question, study the job description, study the company, treat it like it's like a thesis paper. And then when they don't get asked the question that they prepared for or one of the thousand questions they prepared for, they completely just like self combust, right? They freeze, they don't know what to do, they weren't prepared for that, right? They were running through all the other questions they prepared for. And it's a mess. It's a mess. So instead of doing that, I really encourage my clients to prepare by thinking about the three, four, maybe five, depending on on how many you want, but three, four or five stories or moments in your career that you're most proud of. So really get crystal clear on, and this might take some journaling, go for a walk, right? Really think about what are the moments that you are most proud of when you think back in your career. You know, what what lights you up? What excites you the most? What did you feel the most proud of? What did you get the most praise for that you're proud of, right? Not just something you got praised for because you happen to be good at it. Uh, really, really think of those moments that you're, you're really proud of. Then from there, you can start to think about, okay, here's my three main stories. For each story, what skills did I utilize to make that happen, right? So maybe it was, um, a course that you put together that helped people learn a new software technology and it made the implementation much smoother, much faster. It was actually the best technology implementation the company had ever seen or the district had ever seen, right? Depending on where you were doing it. So when you think about that example, I then want you to think about, okay, what were the skills that I had to utilize to make that so successful? Oh, well, maybe it was some project management skills. Maybe it was facilitation. Maybe you had to create content or create quick reference guides. You know, maybe it was one-on-one -on -one coaching that you did or small group coaching that you did. Maybe it was train the trainer, right? The list could go on. So I want you to think about the skills that you had to leverage to make that so successful for you. Then from there, you can start to think about what was that impact, right? What was the impact of of utilizing those skills? What what made what what was the success that happened there? And then lastly, start to think about okay, how can I apply that in the future? How would I want to apply this in my next role? So when you're able to think about it in those terms, and you're able to ask yourself those questions and have those prepared, when you get asked a question you'll always have a story to fall back at, fall back onto, right? Tell me about a time when you X, well, you have three stories, four stories or five stories. And now because you know that 
for that first story, there's 10 different skills that you utilized. When they say, tell me about a time when you had to collaborate, boom, already have a story. Tell me about a time when you had to project manage something, boom, already have a story. Tell me about a time when you had to implement something new, boom, already have a story. So again, we're gonna go through this a little bit more in Blueprint. We go through this in depth inside of Fast Track. I'm probably launching a course on this soon because I, I really want to dive into this with y'all. Um, but that's a big part of your, your sales plan is how am I going to sell myself? And you're going to do it through those stories. Because when you're able to talk about something, at, and think about this, right? When, when we know, when someone's talking about something that they're really proud of, you can feel it, right? So we have a complete energy shift, right? When I talk about like my clients, when I talk about the work that I do now, right? I'm so proud of the work that I do that it radiates. Like, I hope you all can feel that. Like, I feel it just even like I'm tearing up just thinking about the work that I do. And so when I talk about the work that I do, people feel that. They know how much I love what I do and how proud I am of what I do. And that draws people to want to work with me, to have those conversations, to reach out, right? And the same thing for you. So when you are talking about something you are proud of, right, you stand up straighter, you lean in more, your voice, you, you have more inflection in your voice, you're more passionate about it. And the person who's interviewing you can feel it. We know what it's like to talk to someone who is proud of something. And we know what it's like to talk to someone who's just telling us what you want to hear, right? We know that. So don't be the person trying to tell them what they want to hear. Talk about what you're most proud of. And every time you do that, right, even if... Even if you don't feel like you answered the question 100% because we never freaking do, y'all, you got to lay off the perfectionism. You get the points, you get the credit, you get the credit for the passion and the enthusiasm and the, and the, the pride that comes from it. Because really at the end of the day too, from a hiring manager perspective, I want to hire someone who's really proud of the work that they did, right? Not someone who's just going to, you know, get give me answers or tell me what I want to hear, right? That they're really proud of the work that they did. And so preparing that way and understanding the interview stories that you have, what you're most proud of, will really help you get there. So at this part of your blueprint, again, you're not having to go into in depth and depth and depth. You're not preparing yet necessarily, but you're starting to outline and highlight what are those skills. All right. And the last part of your sales plan, um, which is optional. And again, this really depends on the time frame that you're looking to transition. And it also depends on if it feels authentic to you. But the last part of your sales plan is personal branding and really understanding, you know, what is your personal brand? I think ev even if you don't want to create a personal brand online, I think it's important for all of us to just be able to ask ourselves the question is like, what is my personal brand? And I believe your personal brand, going back to some of the work you already did, your personal brand is a mix between your why and your niche, right? It's mixed between your why and your niche. It's the, the amalgamation of the two of those together. It's a combination of the two of those together. Then once you figure out what your brand is, you can identify, you know, three, four, maybe five topics that you talk about. Maybe you talk about, you know, learning culture and neuroscience of learning and accessibility, right? So maybe those are the three, the three topics that you're really passionate about. Again, going back to that interest list, that how, that impact that you want to have, really think about the topics that you want to talk about. 
Then think about where. Where do you want to talk about it? Do you want to write a blog? Do you want to talk about it on LinkedIn? Do you want to talk about it on Instagram? Do you want to start a podcast? Do you, you know, want to start a YouTube channel, right? All those things are possible when it comes to building your personal brand. Do you want to be on TikTok? Do you, you know, there's, there's so many different ways, shapes, and forms that you can do this. Um, and then lastly, the format, right? So that, that kind of goes hand in hand with where you where you want to be and where you want to create your personal brand. But start to think about, do I want to do long form? Do I want to do video content? Do I want to um, tweet? Do I want write, to you know, write short little things and put them on Twitter? I'm like showing my age here. Short little things and put them on Twitter, uh, right? But really think about, you know, the format that you want to write in, uh, the form, not write, the format that you want to put that brand out there in. And then just do it, right? Start to start to create that personal brand. We don't, we don't have, there's no such thing as an overnight success when it comes to creating a personal brand. Uh, there's always, there's always, um, as I talked about in Fast Track, right? There's always, you know, we see the ducks gliding on the water, but underneath their feet are like feverishly moving in all different shapes and sh- all different ways and directions. All right. So that's a lot of information in a short period of time. Again, we're going to go through this in depth inside of Blueprint. Um, we're going to put this Blueprint together, at least start with a Blueprint together um, inside of Blueprint, the masterclass. You'll have an idea kind of of, of how to get started and an opportunity for you to, to finish that uh, on your own. I am doing for uh, if anyone who registers by Wednesday, um, that is Wednesday the 11th. Um, so that's this week, tomorrow, if you're listening to this when this comes out, um, anyone who registers by the 11th will be entered into a raffle to win. Um, I have five spaces open to do a blueprint review for you. So basically once you finish your blueprint, you'll send it to me. I'll do an asynchronous review going through your blueprint, giving you my feedback, tweaks, suggestions, all of those fun things too. So, uh, as long as you register by the 11th, you'll be entered to win, uh, one of, yeah, five, five blueprint reviews from me. All right, my friends, I can't wait to see you inside a blueprint. I'm really excited about this. I have spent pretty much all day today mapping out uh, not just the blueprint itself, but the the document, the masterclass, all that fun stuff. I cannot wait to see you in there. Um, blueprints also included inside of Fast Track. So if you're ready to go all in, all in, come join us inside of Fast Track. You'll also get access to blueprint that way. I cannot wait to see you all next week. Um, next week is also my birthday week, right? It's next week. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Next week's also my birthday week. I'll be doing some really, really fun stuff um, on the 19th, which is my birthday. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'll be offering some fun bundles to celebrate my 35th lap around the sun. Okay, my friends, I'll see you inside a blueprint. Let me know how this episode landed with you. I will catch you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM, or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.